You're listening to The Influencer Podcast, episode number 61. Before we dive in, I want to give my warm appreciation to our reviewer of the week, and that is Painting Picks. And she says, This podcast quickly became part of my morning routine on the way to work. Even as a marketing manager for a brand rather than an entrepreneur, I am finding so many amazing tips and tools that I can apply in my corporate job. Between the tips and life stories, I found so many positive ways to connect with this podcast. Thank you for the incredible content. Well, thank you so much for leaving that review and that amazing feedback. I'm so glad that you're able to find um, gleams, if you will, that you can apply to your corporate job. And um, just a reminder that this isn't a podcast that is only for influencers or creatives. It really is for anyone that is looking to navigate and grow in so many different areas of what their professional life may be. So thank you so much for sharing that. I so appreciate it. For today's show, I'm hanging for a one-on-one chat with you lovely influencers, and I'm sharing three of the failures I've experienced as an influencer and creative myself and how I overcame them. These might be things you've experienced yourself or something totally new to you, but either way, I hope that my insight can improve your influence and your journey in one way or another. Plus, I'm sharing my thoughts on the word failure and how I believe it to be true in my own life. And of course, offering you guys an amazing freebie download that you will not want to miss. So stay tuned. Welcome to the Influencer Podcast. Each week, Julie Solomon, a marketing strategist and New York Times bestselling publicist, takes you behind the scenes with successful influencers, bloggers, and industry elites in conversation to share how they engage, persuade, and grow their unique influence. Her mission is to share exclusive insider tips, wisdom, and action-based tools to help you strengthen, monetize, and build your own industry-leading influence. Hello and welcome to today's episode. I am super excited to get into the three times that I failed as an influencer and how I overcame them in today's show. We all know that being an influencer comes with a lot of uncharted territory and there is not a magic guide. So mistakes happen and it's a huge game of trial and error. At least that's how it's been for me. But I will say I have learned a lot in my time, and I hope by sharing some of these failures opens up opportunity to improve your own influence. So let's get into it. Starting with my first failure, which was saying yes to deals that were not aligned with my purpose and vision. Now, I want to premise this by saying that this is a very common hurdle in the influencer space. I went through it. I've seen friends go through it. And it's an easy web to get caught in. So if you've been through this or are currently going through this, that is okay. Because it definitely happened to me. It happens to so many of us. And I promise you there is a way to overcome it. But man, did I say yes to everything in the beginning? For me, I found that saying yes to all brand deals stemmed from a simple lack of understanding and knowledge in my own mission and purpose. I was new to the industry as an influencer and had a serious issue with limiting beliefs at the time. I was so afraid that if I didn't say yes to everything, that opportunities would not come my way. I thought I had to say yes to this and yes to that because those deals were my only option. And I was investing so much of myself into these wrong brand deals. From my time to my energy to my money hiring photographers and videographers, I didn't realize how much of me I was giving away at such a low cost. It didn't matter the brand, the money, or the message. I was saying yes and accepting the opportunity. Even when I could feel something not quite right in my gut, 
I said yes. Even when there wasn't money involved in a deal, or even if it was a gifted product, I would still say yes. Again, my limiting beliefs were disguising these opportunities, and quite honestly, I was just not aligned with my own purpose, which is exactly how I eventually overcame saying yes to whatever was thrown my way. What really got me over this hurdle of yes was learning what felt aligned versus what didn't. With so many of the early brand deals, I did feel in my gut, but I wasn't connecting those feelings to what my vision of my brand was, which led me to being confused on what direction to take. When I started recognizing the feelings and identifying those feelings, I was able to say no. A brand deal would come my way and I'd really stop and think about how it made me feel. Did this brand represent my mission? Is this a message I feel strongly about? Am I excited by this? Even if the money was great, did this make me feel good in my heart? Will this get me to where I want to go? These are all questions that I would ask myself, which by the way, is something to stop and note here. Money that comes with brand deals could be a whole other episode, but I believe money goes back to the same limiting beliefs of there not being enough money in brand deals in the first place. I had to learn that there would be more opportunity for income, just like there'd be more opportunity for brand deals, which often time came together. So once I was able to ignore those limiting beliefs of brand deals and money, I was able to clearly digest the feelings that came with the offer. Of course, a lot of this was always trial and error. A lot of lessons are situations we just have to go through personally and learn. But I hope that by sharing how I overcame this, you might benefit from it. If you are currently saying yes to everything that hits your inbox and not really feeling good about it, stop and think about each opportunity. Ask yourself the same questions that I did. Is this aligned with your purpose? Does it feel good in your gut? Does this brand stand for the same things that you do? Will this opportunity uplevel your brand to a better place? Are you only saying yes to this because of money? Or is there some kind of limiting belief holding you back? And if you want to really define who you are and what your brand is, you have to figure out who your customers are, what services you're offering them, and how your brand stands out among the saturation. And most importantly, why is what you're doing as an influencer important to you as a brand? Which, by the way, I'm happy to help you do. For the exact practice and guide I use to define my own mission statement, Go to juliesolomon.net forward slash 61 to download a free guide on crafting your own mission statement. It's really helpful. Again, that's juliesolomon.net forward slash 61. Once you craft and define yourself as a brand, you'll be able to overcome saying yes to anything that comes your way. So spend some time getting to know your mission and values as a brand. Make a list of things you want in a brand deal versus what you don't want. Include qualities that come with brand deals that align with your own purpose and cross-reference it when a brand deal comes to light. Use the freebie that I'm providing at juliesolomon.net forward slash 61 and most importantly, get comfortable with your feelings and defining them. My friends, have you ever thought that you have done the hard part? You have started your business and you have taken that leap from belief into really stepping out and claiming a vision for yourself. But you know that if you want to make money doing what you love, you need other support. You need to grow. You need to scale. You need a marketing strategy. You need a lot of this stuff. Now, of course, I talk so much about these things, right? Like how to identify your target audience, where to find them, which marketing channels to focus on. So you're really making the most out of your budget. And of course, how to use things like data to set goals. But there's another great podcast that I love out there that also talks about this stuff. And it's called This is Small Business. 
This is Small Business, an original podcast from Amazon, answers so many of these kinds of questions. Whether you're dreaming of starting your business or you're looking to take a part-time side hustle full-time, or maybe you're a few years in and you're ready to scale. This is Small Business is going to give you the practical tips that you can start using today. And I know that if you love these topics on my podcast, you're going to love them on this one too. Make sure to follow This is Small Business on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so you don't miss these fantastic episodes. And a big thanks to This is Small Business for sponsoring the show. Okay, so moving on to failure number two, which is actually somewhat similar and that it involves too many yeses. Yep. Another thing I did wrong was say yes to every single event I got invited to. And where this differs slightly from failure number one with brand deals was that events deal with not only more time, but the people you surround yourself with while you're growing your business, which is so important and not something that people really understand at first. At least I didn't. Let's back up a few years to when I was first starting out as a blogger and influencer. I just had a baby, just moved to LA from Nashville, was working from home, and was just really lonely, which is something I know a lot of influencers and entrepreneurs can relate to. I was in a bubble of my own home and really looking for ways to get out and meet people. So when these events or blogging things came my way, I of course said yes. They really served as my way to meet people, to connect, to have something on my calendar that made me feel fulfilled, or so I thought. And really a way to meet people and kind of escape the loneliness was what I was really seeking. So naturally, I said yes to whatever event came my way. Now, quick reminder, I live in Los Angeles, which if you've ever been here, you understand just how bad the traffic can be. It can literally take 45 minutes to go two miles sometimes. So I would spend my time getting ready for these events, and you know, the full hair, makeup, cute outfit thing, and then I'd sit in traffic on the way to the event, stay for an hour or so, network, and then sit in the same traffic on the way home. It was exhausting. Each event took up pretty much my entire day once you add in all of the moving parts, and when there was sometimes an event or even two a day, you can do the math and realize just how much time this was taking away from my actual work and growth as an influencer. Plus, I started noticing a trend with these events. Now, some were absolutely incredible. They were true opportunities to build a community, friendship, and network. I met so many amazing people. I got to meet with PR agencies and really build something that was lasting. But more so than not, a lot of these events were really run-of-the-mill. Maybe I'd get a goodie bag, but they weren't necessarily leading anywhere or improving my business. So as I really picked up on that trend, I started weighing everything out. I started to ask questions like, what's more important here? What's more valuable? What was worth more, my time or a goodie bag? Which you could probably guess the answer to. When I really started paying attention to that, I was able to take back ownership of my time, which is so incredibly transformative and vital for business growth. I started saying no to free up my time so that I could say yes to the things that really mattered and to the things that really built my brand. If you want more detail on what exactly saying no has done for my business, make sure to go back to episode 40 of the Influencer Podcast, which aired on January 3rd. That show is called When to Say No and When to Say Yes, Building Your Influence with Intention. And I talk in really, really specific detail here about this shift. I highly recommend it if you're finding yourself saying yes, and if you're curious how to start saying no, and what it can do for your own business and growth. But yeah, that was a big failure and learning curve that I had to overcome and figure out. When I started weighing the value and worth of these events, I was able to make more productive decisions that helped me grow my business to where I wanted to go. 
Okay, moving on from saying yes to all the things, for the final number three time that I failed as an influencer that I wanted to share today, it has to do with YouTube, actually. Specifically, starting a YouTube channel simply as a way to keep up and not with the true and authentic intention. When I first started producing videos for YouTube, I was doing cooking stuff with my son, then I'd try to do makeup and then other motherhood stuff, and it was just kind of a jumble of a bunch of different things. And while the intention of the content was authentic, the platform of YouTube was not. And I think I knew that in my core, I just wasn't listening. Because you guys, I just don't love production. It is not my zone of genius. It is not something that I'm even the slightest bit interested in, which is why YouTube wasn't authentic to me at all. I didn't love the aspects that you need to love in order to run an effective YouTube channel, like setting up lighting, camera, equipment, editing. None of that falls into what I love and what I'm passionate about, and I was having to hire out a lot of work for it. Now, I talk way more about finding your levels of genius in Influencer Insights Episode 6 and how transformative it can be for working smarter, not harder. So again, that's Influencer Insights Episode 6 called When You Should Hire Help and Finding Your Dream Team. So listen to that show in that episode if you're not really sure what I mean by your zone of genius. So with YouTube, I figured out quickly that I was spending so much money on videographers, equipment, and all of these people to basically run the show for me, all because I wasn't aligned with my zone of genius. So with that said, I don't want to rule out YouTube forever, and I don't think that anyone listening who may not love production either should as well. But the way I was doing it just wasn't right for me at the time. Trying to have my hands in the entire production aspect, again, not where I thrive or where I have a ton of knowledge, just wasn't authentic and I wasn't at a place in my business that I could really up-level and kind of constitute the ability of having that cost. So if I were to try it in the future, I'd basically need to write the content and be able to sit down and just share it, and that's it. I wouldn't need to have to do any of the backend stuff. It would just be about content creation for me because that's what's authentic to me as a content creator. So attempting to be in charge of everything to do with production was out of line with my highest self, especially when it came to the business. And because those areas weren't my zone of genius, as I mentioned, I started feeling just unworthy, unconfident, and really started to second guess myself as a content creator. I was forcing myself into a space that wasn't right for me at the time and was forcing myself to be this all-encompassing YouTuber, and it just wasn't aligned. So how did I overcome that? Well, it was pretty simple, actually. Honestly, I just simply stopped forcing it. I stopped trying to control it. I stopped trying to really make something happen or push something that just wasn't there. Instead, I shifted my ideas. Because remember, those ideas and the content was authentic to my core, but I needed a platform that was more authentic to how I wanted to execute it. And believe it or not, That's kind of where this very podcast was born. I still wanted a place to speak to my community and to share my ideas and the content that I was so passionate about, but I knew that YouTube just wasn't for me. Instead, the podcast medium let me stay close to my authentic core. It aligned with more of my interests and my zone of genius and my passions. I just had to pivot a little bit. I didn't have to ignore all the content I was excited to share. I simply found another platform that made more sense for me. And since starting the podcast, I haven't looked back, 
because I know that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. That's not to say everyone needs to start a podcast necessarily, but it's all about finding the platforms that match your authenticity and match your passion. If it's podcast, do the podcast. If it's YouTube, do YouTube. If it's both, you can do both. Because you know that I am a firm believer in testing a lot of things out because I've mentioned it so many times before. But what I really want to get across here is when to know when to stop. You really got to listen to yourself. If something you're trying isn't feeling right or is feeling forced, then you should really listen to that because that's when you hit a point where you're spending time, which to me is the most precious thing that we have available, on something that just isn't going to get you where you want to go. After all, time is the most valuable thing that we have because it's the one thing that we can never get back. So I want that message to be my finale here, an overarching message. With all of these failures, plus all the other stuff that I won't go into today, because trust me, they're all there, you really got to listen to your gut. Listen to yourself and use each opportunity as a way to learn. Because what I really want to get across here is that I actually don't believe in failures in the true sense of the word. I don't believe that when we try something and it doesn't work out that we have failed or that we're not good enough. All that to me is really God, the universe, or whatever you want to call its way of telling you that you need to redirect. It's a message saying, okay, it's time to try something different here. It's not a failure. It's simply a redirection of where you're supposed to go. And the only way to recognize this is to see it as an invitation for a new direction and to pay attention to that invite. And a great way to pay attention to that invite is to be present, be still, and to listen to that small feeling inside your gut or that inner voice that we all have. Every single time I don't listen to my inner voice, I keep forcing something and it just does not work. And every time that I do take action on what I feel is aligned in my gut, it always tells me and shows me exactly where I need to go. Okay, influencers, that is it for today. I really hope that by sharing some of these failures and invitations for redirection in my own influence, that it helps you wherever you're at today. Again, for a reminder on other resources that I talked about in today's show, don't forget to download the free tip sheet on finding your own mission statement in your business. You can go to juliesolomon.net forward slash 61 to download that. And I also reference the influencer podcast number 40 on when to say no and what it can do for your growth of your business. And finally, our influencer insights episode number six, which will teach you more about finding your own zone of genius. Are you ready to create your own industry-leading influence? For show notes, downloads, and action-based tips, head to www.theinfluencerpodcast.com where you can find out more about this week's episode, guest, and our host, Julie Solomon. If you enjoyed this week's episode, please take a minute to go to iTunes and leave a review so we can help other influencers like yourself build their own successful business.